the Sports on Point Weekly Rewind, a week in review with Matt Smith and Bob Williams. Let's back it up. Welcome to the Sports on Point Weekly Rewind. We figured it's been a good week. We might as well rewind. I am your host, Matthew Smith, joined on the line, as always, by the phenom, Bob Williams. You know what's phenomenal? Actually, you know what's not phenomenal? Jake DeLome. Jake DeLome, not phenomenal. have to agree with you. Of course, the man pressing the buttons, our very own Eric Mangini in the studio, Mr. Pod Severance. It's not a tiger, mother. It's a Cam Newton. Hi. <laughs> Welcome to the show. That? It's not a. It's not a what, mama? A, a tiger, an Auburn tiger. I don't know. Oh, I'm an, an idiot. Auburn tiger. What can I say? I don't know. You, well, you could apparently say what you just said. You know what? The Metrodome roof caved in, so I don't care. Nothing else matters. Well, Nothing that's why they have the TCF. Matter. The TCF. Yep. Cool. Now What's let's move on. I don't know. It's Minnesota, University of Minnesota football oh, stadium. Yeah. They're prepping oh, it because oh. I guess the the dome is not going to be fixable awesome. for next week. Yeah, I love outside football in Minnesota. And now on to this week in sports. This is a section where we cover the top shared stories on the internet from every day of the past week, and our host will give a short comment on each of the days. Starting off with Wednesday, Matt Castle of the Kansas City Chiefs had appendectomy on Wednesday. This from ESPN. What do you think, Matt? Yeah, this is a tough loss for a Chiefs team that is playing week in and week out to maintain their lead in the AFC West. Of course, they do have a backup to step in for Matt Castle, who has got some experience as a starter, but his experience is now, after this demolishing, after they were demolished by the Chargers this week, his uh, experience now is 0-10 as an NFL starter. This is, uh, this is going to be troublesome if they can't get Castle back in the lineup. Yeah, Matt, hopefully... Uh here, not, it doesn't take him out too long that he, they can get him back out uh, because Brody Coyle is a spot starter at best in the NFL, not your day-to-day, everyday quarterback, I guess. Agreed. Also on Wednesday, Boston Red Sox assigned Carl Crawford to a seven-year, $142 million deal, according to multiple reports. Yeah, adding the speed and the left-handed hitting of Carl Crawford to this lineup in addition to the Adrian Gonzalez pickup they had last weekend, this was really a really big coup for the Boston Red Sox, and it's going to put a lot of pressure on the New York Yankees to get some pitching signed. Yeah, it's funny that you mentioned pitching signed when uh, I know just today it just announced that uh, Russell Martin got signed. Well, catching really doesn't help their pitching uh, because they missed out on Cliff Lee, but Carl Crawford solid player. Uh, hopefully he can stay a little bit healthier than he was down in Tampa Bay. But again, I don't think he's worth the $20 million contract that they, they signed him for. On Thursday, we have news from the rumor mill that Yahoo co-founder may purchase the NBA's New Orleans Hornets. Matt. Yeah, this would be really, really good news for the city of New Orleans if it was in fact true. Of course, David Filo, co-owner and co-founder of Yahoo.com, a very, very rich man and also a New Orleans native, would look to be someone who would keep the city or keep the team in the city of New Orleans. However, Wired.com is reporting that Filo has not actually expressed any interest in purchasing the team, and yet all we are left with is speculation yet again. Yeah, this is definitely not a, a, an issue that's going to resolve quickly. Kind of cool that there is a native man out there that who could possibly come to the forefront and, and maybe help keep the uh, New Orleans Hornets in New Orleans. 
Also on Thursday, Pittsburgh Steelers linebacker James Harrison questions if the Baltimore Ravens targeted him. Yeah, James Harrison really thinks that uh, Ravens guard Chris Chester was going after him in a false start penalty that occurred in their game last week. I hate to say it, but in this case, I think James Harrison might have a point. But at this point in time, anything that this guy says sounds like white noise, and I choose to ignore it. You know, uh, I would choose to ignore it if it was anyone else, but it's James Harrison. This guy needs to just shut up. Really? This is the same guy who said he would take other people out? Eh, if it's happening to him, I don't care. Yeah, I think they should target James Harrison. He, he, he put a target on his own back by making some retarded comments. I mean, geez, fight me, James Harrison. <laughs> yeah, no, I agree with that, Bob. Honestly, I, if I was in the NFL and he, this is a guy who's come out and said multiple times that he's going to cheap shot anyone, then, yeah, I'm, I'm going to take it personally and go after him. Absolutely. If, it, if I was a man of my metal on any other team, I would say, hell, yeah, I'm targeting you. You're a punk. You don't know you don't play the game right. And you say, actively said that you're going to cheat. So screw you. <laughs> On Friday, Dallas Mavericks, Mark Cuban challenged New Jersey Nets owner Mikhail Prokhorov's manhood. Matt. All I can say about this is that I love it. Mark Cuban, of course, the most interesting owner in sports for many, many years, and Mikhail Prokhorov uh, proving to be quite an interesting owner himself. The Cuban made a comment to the reporters referring to uh, Prokhorov as a pussy because of the fact that he does not attend the games. Prokhorov's response, of course, said, I think that Mark has it wrong. I don't even like cats. This should be uh, this should be an interesting rivalry among some very, very outspoken owners. Uh, I look forward to many, many, many more verbal battles between these two guys. Yeah, throw, throw in Dan Gilbert and the NBA is definitely the place where you have the most interesting personalities when it comes to owners. And hopefully uh, any one of these three is passionate enough to... to help their, their team towards the championship yeah if it were if it were just up to the owners uh any one of these teams would already have a couple championships because these are some some characters who really bring the entertainment value and the uh the charisma up in an organization if only that can translate to building winning winning teams also on friday sources say the miami heat portland trailblazers get cap space for udonis haslam greg oak this from ESPN. Matt. Yeah, this is kind of an interesting little rule that the NBA has where if NBA officials deem that a player is unlikely to return for the rest of the season, the team can actually retain half of that player's yearly salary in order to acquire other players through free agency or through a trade. Not a lot of people are going to be really excited about the fact that the uh, Miami Heat are getting or $1.75 million back from this exception. But hey, those are the rules of the game, and ultimately I think this is a good rule for the NBA to help teams maintain some viability, even if some of their big-time players are injured and out for the year. Yeah, based on that point, the viability of their stars, when did a Udonis Haslam become a star? Uh, honestly, I understand the Greg Oden thing. He's been plagued with injuries. It wouldn't surprise me if Udonis Haslam comes back at the beginning of the year, and you're giving more firepower to a team that really doesn't even need it. So it's almost like giving them a, a nice little handicap. On Saturday, report the Florida Gators to hire Texas defensive coordinator Will Muschamp. This from ESPN. Matt. 
Yeah, this is a big move for a lot of reasons. Will Muschamp, of course, the defensive coordinator for the Texas Longhorns and the longly appointed successor to Mac Brown in Texas. Looks like Texas is going to have to find another successor because Will Muschamp is not going to turn down this opportunity to go coach at the University of Florida. And ultimately, for the University of Florida, this is a great, great hire. Yeah, definitely uh, kind of throws the coach and waiting whole idea out the window because other teams, if he's a good enough coach, will offer and he'll probably leave. We do know that Muschamp did actually um, sign with Florida and, and all around this is a, a good hire for them. Also on Saturday, Auburn Tigers Cam Newton wins Heisman Trophy despite scandal. Matt. Definitely not a big surprise here. Of course, there were several reporters who were boycotting voting for Cam Newton. There was actually a total of 105 voters who omitted Cam Newton from their ballot entirely. Out of 886, that's not a significant enough portion, and ultimately 93% of those that did return the ballot had Cam Newton in first place. There was no way anybody else was ever going to win this award, right? No, not at all. This was Cam Newton's to lose, whether it be legally or on the field, and he never did. Uh, I, I give mad props to the, the voters or, or the writers who, who didn't actually put him on, on the uh, vote because, hey, in, in their eyes, it was a moral decision, and they stuck with what they believed in. I, I'm going to kind of disagree with you there, Bob, I'll, and I'll stick with what I said last week, which is kind of, I don't think that the uh, son should pay for the sins of the father. And ultimately, if you look at Cam Newton's body of work and what he has meant to his team, he's he's deserving of the Heisman Trophy in my mind. And, you know, ultimately, not that, not that it's an official court case type of thing, but if you look that he's, uh, you know, proven innocent, I think at that point the reporters, you know, what kind of statement are they making against this kid, you know, by doing that? You can stand by your morals, but this is a shining point in this uh, kid's career, and I just think that's kind of rotten to do. Eh, you know, he, he, he was going to win it. We knew for a fact that he was going to win it. There was no surprise. And hopefully, hopefully, that this whole idea, even, even with this sort of controversy in the whole idea of this, with the voters sticking by what they believe, in that you'll see... Hopefully this pay-to-play idea weeded out a little bit where there, you know, there might be some ramifications, whether it be a parent or anything, just to, just to kind of hopefully the parents refrain from it, you know, whether the students know it or not. Well, I'm just wondering, I'm just wondering what their desired effect was for, you know, this kind of boycott of the vote. Because ultimately, like you said, I would agree that it would be nice if we could get, if we could do something that would defer parents and, you know, from seeking these things and, and family members from seeking payment and recognition in order for incentive for their, their kid to play somewhere. I'm, I'm all for that. And I agree with you there 100%. I don't necessarily think that this action did anything. If anything, it just brought a little bit more of the spotlight onto these guys saying, oh, they have some sort of moral code which we know in sports journalism is all BS anyway. So, I don't know, I just kind of was sickened by it. Fair enough, man. On Sunday, Metrodome roof deflates, and the Vikings game gets moved to Detroit. If you have not yet looked up this video on YouTube, you've got to check it out. 
the collapsing of the stadium roof was absolutely amazing to watch. Little thing that uh, I don't know if a lot of people realize, but the roof is actually inflated and they maintain a certain amount of air pressure within the stadium in order to keep that roof domed over the top. Uh, in this case, it looks like the engineers just didn't plan for enough weight of snow and as it pushed in, it uh, caused a rip in the roof and uh, what we see are video highlights that will not soon be forgotten. <laughs> it's definitely an interesting situation. This sort of harkens back to uh, Cleveland playing in Milwaukee as a home game. It's just good that they have these options out here when unfortunate circumstances that can't be controlled happen, that, that they can move a game, that, that it's not, you know, completely lost. Now, the conspiracy theorist in me wants to say, hey, wait a minute, we had all this talk the week before of potential moves of Minnesota to L.A. and that sort of thing, and ownership wanting, you know, levies and stuff for new stadiums there. Any does, does this spark? I'm kind of surprised that neither of you guys brought any of this up. Uh, I don't. I don't know if it does. To, to be honest with you, uh, can you really say that a freak storm caused anything to happen? It's a freak storm. You, you just kind of have to live with the consequences of it. So there'll always be those theorists out there that that kind of have their own ideas of why this happened. Sure, sure, and I understand that. I just. I like to sometimes play with those thoughts. It, it seems too coincidental that you're talking about needing a new stadium. And then, oh, here's a perfect example of why we need a new stadium. Because uh, this architecture and uh, roof isn't going to hold up to the modern day elements and weather and that sort of stuff. It, it just seems interesting to me. I'm not putting anything there more than it is. I'm not making any accusations that there was any sort of tampering. It's just something that I found interesting. Also on Sunday, UFC 124, St. Pierre cruises in lopsided decision. St. Pierre really cruised to a victory on Sunday night in his home state of Montreal, or home territory of Montreal. Uh, let's not forget, this is a guy who's been dominant over the last three years. In fact, it's been over three years since the last time he lost even a single round. Koscheck looked like he was going to be a solid opponent, but ultimately the end of this match, the, the finish of this match, didn't even uh, didn't even go as far as to show how lopsided of a fight this actually was. St. Pierre dominated from the get-go. This, by definition, is what George Rush St. Pierre does to his opponents. He might not have the glorious knockout or submission, but he is going to tactically dismantle you to make it that you have to have some sort of stroke of miracle move in order for him to get off of his game and, and change the angles and whatnot. So it, it's gonna be interesting to see who possibly can stop him. On Monday, shout it out, Sterling Heckles Davis. This is from NBA Yahoo Sports, Matt. Donald Sterling has never really been considered the class of the NBA, so we really shouldn't be too surprised by this, but in this scenario, I think that Sterling has stooped to an all-time low. I mean, this is right up there with writing an ugly hate mail letter in Comic Sans font, isn't it? <laughs> maybe, maybe not. The Comic Sans is great. I use it all the time. It adds a little bit more room to your papers, so. Uh, but Donald Sterling, this is a joke. You know, you're an owner in one of the biggest cities, biggest markets out there, yet you, year in and year out, put on a subpar team because you sign the wrong people, keep the wrong draft picks. So I don't think he has the right to actually say anything. 
Also on Monday, Dallas Cowboys, Deshard Choice gets Philadelphia Eagles Michael Vick autograph following the loss. <laughs> Matt. Yeah, this was a little bit odd to see. Not every day you see an NFL player go for, ask for another NFL player's autograph. A lot of rumors going around that the autograph was for something called the Helping Hands Charity that is a charity supposedly run by Tashar Choice. But he said in the interview after that it was an autograph he was seeking for his nephew, who is a huge Michael Vick fan. He did it because he has a lot of respect for what Michael Vick has been able to overcome over the past couple of years. And ultimately, I have no problem with that. Yeah, I don't have a problem either. You know, how many times have you seen on MTV Cribs or when it was a big thing that all these sports athletes had memorabilia from everybody and anybody down, you know, in, in their house? So that, that's not really a big deal. I think maybe the biggest deal is about how he got it, you know, after the game when it's supposed to be a rivalry game with the, you know, Cowboys and Eagles. But I, I really don't have an issue with it. Yeah, this modern day, there's going to be a camera everywhere, and you're going to have something that offends somebody. Ultimately, going back you know, to what you guys were saying, uh, these guys not only play the game, they're a fan of the game. And, you know, if he said he got it for himself, I, I would say more power to him. And rounding the week off on Tuesday, Paul Pierce says, Boston Celtics, New York Knicks, a, ge- a good game, but is it really a rivalry? Yeah, this is just a case of Paul Pierce trying to chide the New York media a little bit. Um, all you know, everybody's looking at this New York Knicks team, who's the one eight in a row, and they have actually won thirteen out of their last fourteen matchups. But let's take a look at who they've played against: Sacramento, Golden State, the Clippers, the Bobcats twice, Detroit, New Jersey, New Orleans, Toronto twice, Minnesota, Washington, and Denver. I don't know that there's a whole lot of teams that you can pick off of that list that you would expect to end a win streak. So this isn't really all that impressive to me. But uh, ultimately, yeah, I think Paul Pierce is right. There's a whole lot of more talk about this than there actually is a rivalry. Yeah, it's kind of interesting because when you think of rivalries, uh, at least city-wise, you think of New York and Boston, whether it be hockey, whether it be baseball, whether it even be football, I guess, with New York Jets and Giants in in, uh, New England. But basketball-wise, when I think of the New York Knicks and the Boston, I really don't see a rivalry. And that's just because of the fact that when was the last time that New York had a good team? Uh, You know, back when Ewing was there, they had a a solid organization. They were always, you know, one step away or one player away from the championships. But it seemed like Boston was at at a down point. So these teams seemed to just hit and miss with their runs. Yeah, as a Cleveland Browns fan, this harkens back to what we have with Browns Steelers. Uh, The Cleveland Browns have not been able to compete on the level that really makes the rivalry a rivalry within the last, let's say, five to eight years. So ultimately, when the teams can't um, compete and make it an interesting matchup, and there's domination on one side for as long as, you know, there is, then any rivalries that might have been evolved are just that. They're, they're historic rivalries and, and the franchises may have rivalries and histories and, and stories there. But ultimately, the modern day players are what make a rivalry and them playing to their fullest and making it a competition is what it's all about. And I, I would have to agree with Paul Pierce saying, you know, with the, with the current day players, it's not a rivalry. And also on Tuesday, Chicago Bulls, Derrick Rose sprains his right wrist. X-rays are negative, however. Matt. 
This was a little bit of a gruesome looking fall. Derrick Rose looked kind of like Jack Nicholson in the movie The Departed. Ultimately, he's got a sprained wrist, no bones out of place, as the team doctors had said, which is definitely a good thing if you're the Chicago Bulls. If you lose Derrick Rose, you're missing 24.7 points per game and 8.3 assists per game. He's definitely proving to be one of the top point guards in the league this year, and if he's spending a lot of time on the bench with an injury to his wrist, this is going to hurt the uh, hurt the Bulls who are really starting to come into their own. Yeah, I definitely agree that if, if it is an extended period of time that he misses it, it's going to hurt them. In this day and age, you need a solid point guard in order to run the team, and Derrick Rose is that. So, yeah, they would have Noah. They do have you know a good supporting cast with Boozer being back, but, but hopefully for the Bulls that Rose isn't out for too long. And that wraps up this week in sports. And with that, we're going to bid you guys a fond adieu. This has been Sports on Point. We hope you enjoyed the show. Please send your suggestions on how we can improve the show and your comments to feedback at sportsonpoint.com. You can also call the show at 646-39-POINT. That's 646-397-6468. Till next week, guys. Hopefully, uh, hopefully the legends and the leaders will be here. 